From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 748, Self-Service Passwords with guest Jan Bakker, recorded Monday, October 19th, 2020. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts, LLC. For more information, visit soundthoughtsllc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. Today, my guest is Jan Bakker, who is a technical cloud consultant based in the Netherlands, working for Rapid Circle. And he focuses mainly on Microsoft 365 products. In his daily job, he helps organizations move towards the cloud and fully utilize the features of Microsoft products. In the last couple of years, his focus has been on identity and security. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, glad to have you on. And uh, yeah, thanks for the great blog post, too. It's one of one of the ones I, I include in my regular reading list. Just <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're working through moving folks to the cloud. I can see, you know, addressing issues around Azure AD and like, I guess that's where everybody has pain. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And that's why I love blogging about it. So I can teach my my mistakes to everyone <laughs> so that, they, that the other guys don't have to make the mistakes that I made before. Yeah. But I don't tell them that. No, but that's the, sort of the truth, right? It's like you're kind of making notes for yourself in these blog posts too. Have you had the experience of of Googling for something and it pulls up your own blog post? Yeah, well, almost every week I Google, I Google, and I say, "Hey, there's my there's my blog post." Yeah, and I mostly forgot things, and then I just reach out to my own blog to to look it up. Yeah, that yeah. happens all the time. That's a Scott Hanselman thing. This is actually record keeping for you, of yes. you know stuff you figured out so you don't have to figure it out again. The this whole move. To work from home and so forth, I think it's really put a lot of pressure on organizations to provide more self-service for their regular users. Do you see this in the in your customers you're working with? Yeah, for sure. So now that everybody's working from home, you got this this distance, um, and I see service desks are overloaded with questions. Sure. In the first place, on uh, how to work at home at all. How does how does this work? Uh, how does this Teams thing work that I'd have to use? And, um, and after that, uh, all the, the most classic one of all is, of course, the password reset. Hey, I forgot my passwords. Um, and you have to believe it's me. Please, can you reset my password? Right. And that's where the problem starts. Yeah. So how do you, you, you can, you can't go physical to a help desk anymore and say, Hey, it's me. Can you reset my password? No, there's a distance there as well. So you got the social aspect of, okay, are you really the person that you say you are right so that's that's a big problem yeah i guess in the old days a lot of people literally would walk down to the help desk be standing in front of them going hey can you just change my password for me and the easiest thing for that yeah. person to do is just to do it right there in front of them uh, maybe get them to type it in themselves so that's just not an option now and it is a great exploit vector to get a password changed a little social engineering that way. And I know I've seen this where somebody emails in this help desk and says, Hey, can you change my password to this? It's like, yes. And they're sending from the private email address. Yeah. You're like, dad, <laughs> not only am I not going to do that, even if this is you, <laughs> like that's, this is not how this is done. 
I've I've seen this too. I I started on the help desk, so I I did that for years. Sure. And every week, this this person came up say, "Hey, can you reset my password and send it over to me by text or something, <laughs> or to my to my uh, private email address?" Say, "No, we're not gonna do that." Yeah. <laughs> so the the secure way in my mind is that you have a password reset that then does something two factory, like it sends to an email or it sends to a phone, like. Which we see in like a, on the cloud, right? In like Azure and Office 365. If you want to reset your Office 365 password, like Microsoft's got a pretty good setup for that. Mm-hmm. That it's not that hard to change. How do we get that for ourselves in our own organizations? Well, to start off, you have to make your users register some authentication methods that they can use later on if they forget the password. Right. To to reset that password. So kind of a, a two-factor authentication. So that can either be your phone number or private email address that you register up front or maybe so some cu- security questions or nowadays the uh, Microsoft Authenticator app that you can attach to your to your account so that you can later on use that for self-service password reset. So this so has to be set up before anything else is get some other identifier. It has it has to be uh, included in the onboarding process. Right. Interesting. That's a great thing to add to onboard. Do you have a preference? Do you push people to go to Authenticator? Like that to me seems like the most sophisticated protection versus a, an SMS or a, or a third-party yeah. email. Yeah. I always say that they have to use the Authenticator okay. if possible. Yeah. Because the next step would be if you use the Microsoft Authenticator, the next step would be that you can turn on passwordless authentication and then we get rid of all the passwords. Ah. And if we don't have a, if we don't use a password, we can't forget them. Well, we can forget them, but it doesn't matter. So if you use uh, the uh, Microsoft Authenticator app, admins can then uh, go one step further and enable passwordless sign-in for their users. That's, that's like the holy grail in the password world these days. So that's why I suggest always to use passwords, uh, the, the Authenticator app. But um, as always, things can break. So you should always have like a second or maybe a third mechanism like your private email address or something steady that you can use in case your phone dies or whatsoever. Right. So because that would be the linchpin then is you have to have a smartphone to be able to run the Microsoft Authenticator app. Yeah, that's true. That's the only way to run it. Like, there's, I, I was hoping there was some other way to run it, but no, <laughs> it must be on a smartphone. Yeah, it must be on a smartphone. Okay. But I guess almost everybody got a smartphone these days. You would hope, but <laughs> I'm sure, you know, it's, and, and it's, there's somebody who doesn't have one. And so that's one excuse not to use Authenticator at all. But then the downside is things that happen to phones. When the phone is out, you can, yeah, and you lose Authenticator. You can still recover yeah. the, the account. Yeah, but well, not with the phone number apparently, right. because the phone is out. So Phone's you lose out. exactly you lose two methods when when your phone dies. Right, and that's why it's always better to have a, a, like a steady thing, like your personal email address, uh, as a backup. Right, and if they're not using passwords, that doesn't mean there isn't a password, just that they don't need to use it. Well, there is a there is a password. Uh, in passwordless authentication mm-hmm. uh, nowadays, uh, but the user doesn't have a surface to type it in. So right. when they they enter their username, they got a, a prompt on their authenticator app to approve the the requests. Uh, but they they are not asked for their password. So there is a password, and 
Uh, you can go on and make that password super complex and just forget about it. Right. But you would need to set up this, this one-time authenticator app that's, uh, that, that authenticates you after that. So, right. um, it's, you can fall back to your password if you need. Yeah. The, and that's what I was thinking is, is the phone's yeah. lost. Do we have a password we can recover with? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always, um, at least for now, we always have this password as a fallback. Yeah. Uh, but, but maybe in the near future, this, this password is, uh, well, maybe there is an option to delete your password. Someday. So that the only ups, well, I've, I've seen it. You can, you can, uh, you can delete your, uh, your password or you can configure your uh, Windows 10 device, uh, in one of the latest versions, uh, so that you can only authenticate passwordless. That means if something happens to your passwordless method, in this case, in this case, within this local business, you have to be really sure that that doesn't break because otherwise you can't, uh, can't access your workstation anymore. So there is a way to actually delete your password and go passwordless, but that's a step that I didn't even take yet. Yeah. I don't so. know how many people are ready to make that. And the point being, I mean, all right. So you soaked your, you dropped your phone in the river. You go get mm-hmm. another phone. It's not that hard to set up Authenticator again and be able to use it again either. Well, if you have the, the same phone number, it would be pretty easy because right. you registered that phone number and then you can set up your Authenticator app with that. So right. That will be an option. So the main thing is just get the phone number back, which again, you know, not that's not that tough. It takes some fussing with the, with the carrier, but they'll get your number back eventually. Yeah. Agree. But the, the main thing about uh, the password reset is, is costs. Um, according to some research, one single password reset costs almost $70 per password reset. Wow. So if you, if you count that into a large enterprise where, where an, a single employee comes to the help desk maybe once a year or maybe twice a year to reset their passwords, right. you can imagine how big those costs are. So yeah, 10,000 people, everybody gets yep. a password reset once a year. Like that's, how many hundred a day? So, yeah, you've got <laughs> you. You know, it's not that's not a trivial problem. And if they, and it does, cause, and you're just talking that cost that seventy dollars is the price of the tech support people involved. Sure, right. And it, it doesn't say anything about uh, you being not productive for like half an hour, or maybe it takes up to an hour to reset your password, and you can't work while you lost your password. Right. And it's not even the password reset. It's always. It's also the um, uh, the that that you uh, type your password with caps lock enabled, and that your account becomes locked out. Right. Password reset in Azure Active Directory can also unlock your password mm-hmm. or, or your account. So it's not always about resetting your password. Just you don't have to forget it, but you can you can mistype and then lock yourself out. And then also password reset can uh, can be used to just re-enable and unlock your uh, your accounts. Right. So you, without intervention of an IT department. Well, and it can, the, I guess the question is, I don't know if, do you still find folks that are requiring routine password changes for their accounts? It's like you need to, yeah, every, every three months. I see that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I see that time. And I always advise them, don't do that. Just have your users set up one strong password and don't change it if there is no need to, to, to change it. Right. And then they ask me, okay, so... What are the signals? When should I definitely change this password? And then I come up with Microsoft Identity Protection. Right. Let's say, hey, 
if you see signals uh, that, yeah, that you suspect that suspicious activities on this account, you should then go on and reset this password. And that can also be integrated with Azure AD self-service password reset. So you can set up a policy that says if your uh, user account has suspicious activities, you should reset your password immediately. And this all can be automated without the intervention of the IT department. So that's the the interaction between those platforms is, is amazing. Really interesting. Yeah. So this is actually just a built-in part of, this is Office 365 we're talking about that has this uh, controls over identity or Azure AD, like in general does this. Yes. Yes. Azure AD. And basically if you cloud, if you cloud only, if you use cloud only identities, this is a free service that mm -hmm. Microsoft provides. If you are in a hybrid environment where you also have a local active directory where your actual passwords are and identities are stored and you have to, to make, uh, uh, then you have to, then you need to have an, a premium license, mm -hmm. but you can still leverage this, uh, this feature even for on-premises environments. But I mean, the bottom line is if someone's hacking at your account, that's probably a good reason, or there's been attempted logins, like there is a good reason to change your password. Yes. So, so it's not a generalized, everybody should change their password. It's specific accounts that are under pressure from, from potential bad guys. These are the accounts we change. Yeah, because we're all humans. And if we are forced to, to reset our passwords uh, on a regular basis, we're going to just come up with easy to guess passwords. Right. Like we had, we had summer 2000, uh, 2020 exclamation mark as our password. And then we changed just one character to satisfy the. Uh, yeah, they were password, password requirement uh, changes. Yeah. And, and so they're, they're, it's not per se. Uh, more safer, uh, safer password you end up. It's, it's just a, a password that's easy to guess. Right. Uh, and hackers know this. Hackers, hackers know what, what kind of patterns the, the users use. They, mm -hmm. the, um, they say, okay, we know your password starts with a capital, uh, capital, uh, letter. So, and it ends with, uh, maybe a, an exclamation mark or some other number. Some punctuation. They, they can, yeah, they, they can guess that. And, and I notice you have not even suggested a password management tool yet. Like, Sorry? Is, like a password manager tool, like OnePass or LastPass. Like, can you get well, regular consumers to use those kind of tools? No, I, 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 I'm honest. I use it. I use it, but not, not for such a long period. And I, I got to force myself to use this yes. password manager to come up with really strong passwords. Because um, if, if you ask me, Users just come up with one strong password that they can remember yep. and then use it for all their cloud services. Yeah. You know, I finally got my wife starting to use LastPass families with me mm -hmm. for the shared online banking accounts. Like she still wants that. She has, you've described her exactly. She has that one strong password that mm -hmm. she likes to use. And, uh, and I'm completely random. All my passwords are generated by LastPass now. And so when it, that this is an intersection point and it's, you know, the, the phone bill and the, and the cell phones and the, all of the banking and so forth. And so finally, she's finally given in to, we, she's using that. She's not using it on any of her own accounts yet, but she's using it for that. For that accounts. Yeah. The shared accounts. Okay. Yeah. Well, well done. Well, <laughs> after how many years? And, and she's a very, the funny thing is she's also very technical. Like she's not a software person per se, but she's an engineer. So I'm super, yeah, I'm, I'm a programmer. She's an engineer. When we argue, it involves a spreadsheet. Uh, 
And even then, it's only been after all these years that she's just starting to use a password manager. Like it's, I just don't think regular people are going to do this. It's just too hard. No, no, no. We just have to get rid of these passwords. Yeah. I think that time will come when we, uh, we don't have to use passwords. And so we don't have to use password managers anymore. Right. So that makes more sense. Uh, and, and one other thing to mention about this, this self-service passwords reset. So in the early days, when you set up self-service password reset for your users, they had to register in the, this Azure AD portal. Mm-hmm. And for example, if you turn on MFA, which everybody should do, yes. then you should, then the, this user should register in another portal. So two separate portals were provided for this user where they basically put in the same phone number and they basically attach the same authenticator app uh, to their account twice. So now this portal is combined. Thank goodness. So you still have to turn it on as an as an admin because it's not turned on by default yet, but this is so much better for the user experience. It combines just the two self-service parses reset and Azure MFA in one smooth mobile-friendly portal where the users can register their security information, which is used for both self-service parses reset and Azure MFA. So that's that's really my uh, my advice for for all admins out there. Go enable that combined uh, portal. Absolutely. And Jan, I'm going to interrupt for one moment for this very important message. This episode of Run As is brought to you by the new Virtual Dev Intersection and SQL Intersection Workshop event. If you've ever listened to the SQL Q&A shows on Run As, you've heard the fun knowledge and experience of some of the workshop leaders at SQL Intersection. And for the first time ever, the event is going virtual December 9th and 10th. Go to virtual.devintersection.com to register and check out the amazing lineup of workshops. And there will be great keynotes from Scott Guthrie and Charles Manana, and the workshops cover topics including Azure, .NET development, as well as SQL Server-related materials. Spend a few hours and go deep on important topics at virtual.devintersection.com. And we're back. It's Run As Radio. I'm Richard Campbell, and that's Jan Bakker. And we're talking about the self-service password and just as in general, the management of passwords at scale uh, using the cloud technologies. And, you know, you were talking about enabling these things. This sounds, again, like onboarding. When I bring a new person into the company, I insist on an authenticator as much as I possibly can. Like that, 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 that's how they do authentication. And they get registered for these services. It should just all be part of your onboarding. Yeah. Yeah. There is there is one uh one tough thing especially now when we work from home mm-hmm. so imagine you're going to work for this company you're new and you're you're on day one but you're not allowed to go to the office because of covid right um how are you going to set up this this uh these registrations so basically uh, by default you can just log on to your Azure AD account and register those those uh, information but there are also companies that needs to have a vetting process in place mm-hmm. like okay you have to show me some ID uh, or, or driver license to prove your identity, and then I can allow you to register for this information. Right. So um, there's now uh, a, a, an API available where you can provision, uh, uh, let's say, a phone number for this user. Right. So you have your regular onboarding hiring process where you are uh, collecting all these information about this user, about your new employee. So you can ask them for the private phone number and you can pre-populate those numbers for the user. So nice. you can have MFA 
disabled by default for your new users within your onboarding process. Right. So, and then the user can go on from, from their home office and go register this authenticator app and they can still have this phone number as a backup mechanism mm-hmm. or if they, if the phone dies or, or they have a new phone. So that is, that's a really st- strong thing that we can use today. Now everyone, everybody's working from home. We can pre-populate these phone numbers for the users as an extra layer of security. And so because then if this our Azure AD knows their phone number so that when they pull out their, they finally install the authenticator app and start this, they match up with something that's already in our system. No, it's, it's just that they have to prove with Azure multi-factor authentication mm-hmm. before they can even attach this, this authenticator app to their user account. Right. So they have to log in using multi-factor authentication before they can register all the other methods. Interesting. So it's just an extra layer to prove that this, this account is not breached by some uh, some hacker that already got its credentials and then is going to register MFA for that user. Right. So that's that's not that's not what you want. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get it. And yeah, extra difficulty from everybody being remote. But clearly you mm-hmm. want to engage them with their phone. They have to you can't do this for them. They have to do this with their phone. So yeah. it's just steps that have the to take place. The authenticator app is still, yeah, that's still something that the user has to do. Yeah, uh, maybe in, the, in in the future it's possible to do that for them. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice in the onboarding process when you put that phone number into their account. It then mm-hmm. messaged them and said, "Hey, here's the link to the authenticator app. Go get that." It sort of in, at least prompted them to go start through the process. Like, welcome aboard. You're joining mm-hmm. this new company. Here's the things we use. Like, start, start clicking. But I guess you could That's send that in an email to them on their phone as well, which, yeah. you know, get a personal yeah. email address. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's something that you can include in the onboarding process. Yeah. No, I like, like that it. as part of the onboard is to get them seeing that we're going to use your phone as part of your identity mm-hmm. early and get them through that process mm-hmm. right away. So this, you know, the the brownfield of you're introducing this to the existing cust- the employee base and now you've got to get everyone to do it. That's one thing. But at least onboard the new people. Um, with a workflow that just says, we do it this way. Yeah. So yeah. N- we're Agreed. about 20 minutes into this conversation. I think we're finally ready to talk about changing a password. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> okay, you kind of put all the ingredients together now, right? It's like the authenticated mm-hmm. part is po- important. Tie those things together. So, and I, I love this idea that, that, I, that Microsoft will be, could be prompting you to change your password because identity protection is active and it's saying, Hey, it's probably a good thing for mm-hmm. you to change your password about now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still up to the administ- administrator to how they going to configure the policy. Right. So you can go on and say, okay, no, I don't want my users to reset the password. I want to do my personal investigation. And that, that depends on the, how big your company is. Right. If you have 200 employees, you can, you can, you can do that. But if you like have, Hundreds of thousands of users. Yeah. And, uh, they've got all these risky sign-ins and all these risky users. You have to automate this. Mm-hmm. And, and then you can say, okay, I configured this policy that when my user is risky, you just have to reset this password. That's the only way to remediate this, this risk. There's mm-hmm. no other way. Just reset that password and then you can continue to go back to work because either your password is, is, is breached. Uh, uh, Microsoft can check that using password hash synchronization. Right. Can see, okay, I, I see this hashes, uh, uh, being sold on the dark web. You probably have to change your password because right. it's out there. It's for sale. So, uh, yeah. Well, it's, there's have I been pwned too, right? Yes. Like, yeah. It's, do you tie into that? Like the, that, that I think is an interesting service to just say, yeah, these, 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 this, uh, this, the user, this ID and this password hash 
are endless for sale. You can you can look that up through API calls on have I been pwned. Yeah, that that's that's one we all know have I been pwned. But I I guess Microsoft has its own sources. Oh yeah, uh, they're not very public about that. But, but well, I I think they just buy all these password hashes uh, from the past yeah. past breaches. Why would you? And just compare. Yeah. Because they're they're out there, and for for just a couple of bucks, you can you can buy databases full of hashes. Yeah. So, but it's a it's a good thing, and I've explored the uh, and the have a been found uh, uh, API myself, and it's a really powerful tool. Yeah. To just compare the hashes. Yeah. Uh, it, and yeah, just a, it, this is not a random thing. Then it's like no, this is an identity that is for sale already. You know, we don't know mm-hmm. if it's logged in or not change your password. Like that's just what's got to happen. Now, if I'm in this hybrid mode where I have on-premise Azure and then I'm also in Azure AD, does that mm-hmm. password change? I mean, presume that password change happens through Azure. Does it ripple back into my on-prem gear? Yeah. You have to set it up. It's mm-hmm. called passwords right back. You have to set it up that you, that you built a trust so that your password is changed in the cloud and then it can synchronize back to your local active directory. And, it works the other way around too. If right. you change your password locally, it is, is synced back to Azure, Azure Active Directory. Uh, of course, when you use, uh, federation services, this, this password is never stored in the cloud, but it's only stored on premises. Right. And so, you know, I wasn't going to say ADFS, but you made me think of it and now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Did <laughs> does anybody run federation services anymore? Like I'm, I think that thing's sort of in the past, right? No, I I see that with a lot of customers, and uh, it's it's officially legacy now. But yeah. a lot of lot of lot of uh, organizations are still stuck on this uh, ADFS, f- mostly for older applications right. uh, that they use in the past. And they say, okay, we got a uh, ADFS in place. We are we are going to migrate to Office three fifty five. Hey, why don't we connect this uh, to our Office 365 tenant? But there are way better um, solutions for that nowadays. Right. Like password hash synchronization or pass-through authentication. So um, if 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 you if you don't allow your password to, to be synced to the to the to the cloud, you always can use this uh, light version of ADFS called pass-through authentication, where you can install this lightweight agent uh, uh, in your in your local environment and you don't have to set up proxy service uh, and it's easy easy to scale you don't have to uh, forward uh, some ports through your dmz right into your service it's, it's all outbound traffic so well it's, and it's and really you don't, easy to set up and you don't get in this situation or do you st- are you still in the situation where if the on-prem stuff is down or that connection is down for any reason all the cloud stuff is broken like you can't authenticate well if you if you use adfs that's that's one thing right. for sure and if you use pass through authentication that's still the case but yeah. you can also use a combination like you say okay i'm using uh, uh, adfs and i also sync my password hashes to the cloud so if my uh, my uh, federation services are down, then I can easily switch to this cloud authentication mechanism. And, and so then you can keep people working on in the cloud at least while you're dealing with your on-prem issues. Yes, yes, it, it, it's it's more like a backup mechanism for just in case. And that if you use ADFS, that ADFS uh, is going to <laughs> get into trouble someday because I've I've managed uh, also ADFS environments and it's hard. Especially in larger organizations, to keep up with the uh, certificates, for example, sure. uh, 
when you have to replace these certificates, uh, you have to deal with load balancers. You have to, to deal with, with network traffic, with all these kinds of stuff. You have to deal with uh, Windows update services to get this this thing going. So it breaks uh, it breaks easy. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think we like yeah. the idea that we're going to keep all the password hedges on prem right up until we actually have to live like that for a while. You know, stuff's safer in the cloud more and more. That you know, kind of better off storing it there. Actually, can you do the opposite? Still have local authentication, but it actually is syncing to hashes in the cloud. Mm, I'm not aware of that. No, but I, th- I think. Um, are you really sure that you can protect your passwords better than? Then Microsoft can do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure clouds. you can't. Oh. I'm, I've come to appreciate mm-hmm. the guys doing that on the Microsoft side are really good. <laughs> <laughs> They're really Agreed. very and, good. <laughs> yeah, very good. And and it's not that you you sync your plain passwords. It's, no, it's, it's just hashes. that you sync the hash of your password, and it's it's salted many 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 times before it's eventually synced up to the clouds because that's it's 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 often misunderstood mm-hmm. when you when you when i do this workshop and i say okay let's sync those passwords to the cloud you shouldn't say that no you say let's sync those password hashes to the cloud right. and you have to truly explain them what you are going to do yeah. because people are getting scared when you say that yeah. well i You're can't blame right. them got copies of our passwords no we don't Nobody's storing <laughs> no. a copy of the password at all. It immediately made a hash with it. It does not keep it around. It's gone. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. It, I think it is hard for folks to remember. It, it, it just, mm-hmm. to me, it seems like there's a pretty stiff set of steps, like a lot of steps in the chain to get to a place where the, the, the user can change their password in a reliable way. Like it's not, this is not a small thing for us. It's going to be easy for them once we've done it right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's pretty easy to set up, but you, as I said before, you have to register this information before you can take advantage of this service. Right. So when you when you when you turn on uh, a self-service password reset for your organization, you first have to have to make sure that all your users are registered, uh, have their information registered through this portal, mm-hmm. and after that they can they can take advantage of this this service. So that's that's the um, that's that's the toughest part, I guess, to right. get all your users uh, out there and, and fill in their phone numbers and and get their authenticator app attached. Be- because the setup is really is really easy. Mm-hmm. You can you can do it in minutes, and that's also that I uh, that stuff that I blog about. I'll, I'll just show you how you can do this. So, okay, it, it it takes a couple of hours to set it up. Right. Of course, you have to have to think it through uh, in the first place, but. The toughest thing is to get all your users on board. Yeah, without a doubt. It's, it's the social part of just getting folks to change mm-hmm. it. What about setting down rules around what are acceptable passwords, like validating against have I been pwned or requiring certain lengths, certain character sets? Like, is all that dial adjustable uh, when you set up self-service? Yeah, it, it, it is. It, you can configure that in Azure directory itself. Right. It's, it's called, is uh, part of the password protection. You can even make a list of banned password that users cannot use because when you use the password that I, that I took as an example earlier, yep. summer 2020 exclamation mark, it will satisfy the, uh, the, the rules that you set up. I said, sure. right, that's, that's a good password, but it's easy to guess. So you can, you can, uh, you can make a list. Of words and it can be brands or in, in, in internal things that you use or uh, the addresses of your company 
uh, that users cannot use because eventually they're going to use typical work stuff as their yeah. passwords. So you yeah. can, you can, you can prevent that from happening. So that's, uh, that's password protection where I'm talking about. So that's really powerful. So it's not, not, not only looking like, okay, did you satisfy those policies, but also, okay, you should not use this word in your, in your password because when a hacker, you got the social engineering, he, he looks you up on, 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 on Google and on LinkedIn and he's yeah. going to see, okay, try this word, try this word. You're going to, he's going to use that in the, in his password attacks. Sure. So, yeah. It's, it, it is interesting. And you're still going to get some, I'm sure you're going to get some tickets from folks complaining. I was like, I tried to change my password, but it won't accept my password. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I want my it password happens. to be this. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty intuitive it, it, because it, it, it really says, uh, uh, the, 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 the wizard says, okay, you cannot use this password to do, do, do this policy. Right. So, if everything is turns out well, they are not going to go and they think, okay, I have to come up with a better, stronger password that that doesn't um, includes my boss's name, right, or something like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> might be a few curse words out of that password. I find that's where I get to after three or four iterations of trying to get to a right the best password. It's like, okay, let's add another word. It's not going to be a nice word. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm really okay. fun to talk to you, and I really appreciate all your help. Uh, I'll include a link to your blog as well for folks who want to read more and, and keep up with everything you're you're learning and helping us with. Okay, cool. Hey, thanks cool. for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, and thanks for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio. Mm-hmm.